Coming up tonight on your favorite podcast, hope you guys had a great holiday. Uh, Got a chance to go see some family, do the gifts, do all the fun stuff. I'm sure we'll talk about it tonight at Nauseam. Uh, In Dad Talk specifically, I know that there's going to be plenty to get to in Dad Talk between Zach and Ryan and their Christmas festivities. But we also got a lot of football to talk about. I mean, a lot of football. It just sort of consumed our holiday. There was football Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. A little footballed out, to be perfectly honest with you. So we're going to get into all of that stuff, talk about the major headlines, the big pieces. The Chiefs look like they're in trouble. So we'll have to spend some time on that. The Ravens took a, a stronghold on the number one seed in the power rankings, and we try to send another team to the eliminator, although it's looking more and more like the Rams, at least, are going to screw us. It, it could. We'll see. I mean, a lot can change in two weeks, but... It's not looking good uh, on that front. So we'll have to keep an eye on all of that and so much more tonight on the pod. It's Zach. It's Ryan. It's me. It's a little NFL recap week week 16, and it starts next. Hey, it's the Tim Anderson podcast. I'm Tim. That is my buddy Rhino tonight in a, uh, what is that, a Jonathan Taves uh, Chicago Blackhawks jersey? That is correct. That's very, very nice. It looks good. I love that. Uh, it's a very, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's politically correct, but I still think it's the best logo in all it's, sports. It's certainly not, but I, the uniforms are just great and I love Jonathan Taves. So I'm. Yeah, I want the Blackhawks logo to stay the same. It's been it's the best logo in sports. It's one of the three or four best. Not even. I'm, I'm impressed that you were able to name the jersey. I don't know if I could have named a single Blackhawks player ever. Oh really? come on now! I'm serious. Could I? Na- what about? Could you? Have, do you know Chris Chelios? Yeah, but I don't. I wouldn't have known he was a Blackhawks. You, you wouldn't have known he played for the Blackhawks. No, I, I honestly like as you said that I don't know. And Taves is the one who spells his name wrong. Weird, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he spells his name wrong. What about Eddie Belfour from back in the day in the 90s? That's, Isn't he uh, the guy who dated Carla Tortelli? No, no. <laughs> no, that's Eddie LeBeck. Eddie LeBeck was the Eddie Pittsburgh LeBeck. Penguins okay. mascot. That's who he yeah, was. He was a goalie for them, too, the Penguins. That's right. I think you're right. <laughs> Tony Amonti. Ooh, Tony Monte. That's a nice Pat, one. Patrick no, we, we had a bet at a bar. I mean, this is probably about 10 years ago. If I could name 100 NHL players ever. Oh, wow. I think I could do that. I, I, I don't think I got there. And I'll be honest with you. I think I got around 75, maybe. And I'd say 60% of them were goalies. Mine would have been all North Stars. Like, I could have named a bunch of North Stars from, like, 90 to 93. Neil Broughton. Neil Broughton. Yep. I would have got. I would have given you Mark Tenorti. Nope. Dino Cicerelli. Uh, I would have given you John Casey. I think my dad had a Dino Cicerelli jersey. D- that's... Zump Worsley. <laughs> Phil Housley. Uh, Brett Hull. Uh, let's see if I can keep... Uh, Madonna, obviously. You can name Mike Madonna, right? What yeah, about but he uh, was he was more of a Dallas guy. Yeah, he was he started here. I think he <laughs> we can we can take credit we, for him here. Yeah, but we know where he won the cup. Why are you trying to be adversarial here? You know, the North Stars moved. It's it, sorry, it didn't work out, you know. Yeah. Uh, and of course we haven't interviewed Zach yet. Or we haven't we haven't said hello to him yet. Let's go say hello to my guy, Zach 
Zach, the coach, the coordinator, battling illness tonight to be on the pod. Zach, good to have you. Thanks, Tim. I'm, I'm feeling a little better. I, you know, we'll see if my voice lasts for a whole hour here. But this morning, I, uh, I pretty much had no voice when I got up. Keep pounding that hot drink, the hot drinks, as we do this pod tonight. That'll keep your voice alive. I, I've got a nice bourbon. I actually, I accidentally poured a big pour. So. <laughs> The bourbon has been known to save the voice a time or two. There's no no question. That's what most uh, great uh, public speaking people will tell you. We would tell the speech kids if it was legal. Yeah, go ahead and have a little bourbon Isn't the night before. It'll be I, fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. I'm pretty sure the saying is feed a fever, alcohol poison a cold. Is that what that – I didn't – I've never heard of that before. Is I got to tell you, my – No, it's feed my, a fever, starve a cold. But, starve a cold. Okay. But my, well, my, go-to, my go-to for a cold with a sore throat – is a uh, a hot water with lemon and honey, and then a shot and a half of bourbon. I have been told that like the bourbon will do some things for you, like if you have a little little shot of that. My dad was a big brandy guy. He always says if you can do a little brandy, that's the way to do it. And my dad's not even an alcoholic, but apparently that was the key. Was a little oh, shot fired at me? I guess. No, I'm just. I'm not. <laughs> my dad wasn't even alcoholic. My dad doesn't drink much. That's all I'm saying. He doesn't have any of that stuff in his house. He doesn't even. I mean, he barely, I mean, it's Diet Coke. That's all he's got in there. He doesn't have anything. He doesn't have a beverage. I can't go get a beverage at his house. It's not possible. Anyway, uh, it's good to have you both here. Uh, you know, Zach posed a very interesting question at us right before we we heated up the mics here. Um, so, Ryan, I'll throw it to you first. If the Who is the number one tight end taken in next year's fantasy draft? This, to me, is an easy answer. It's Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta. Yeah. I mean, would you have said that at the beginning of this year? No, I wouldn't have. I, unproven rookie, right? You, you don't know. And, and rookie tight ends usually don't put up very good numbers. It's usually year, year two or three before you start to see any kind of flash from a rookie tight end. He's really from, good. From a young tight end. He's been really, really good. I, th- I think uh, he went undrafted in our league, didn't he? I don't I think, think, I think you're yeah. right. I don't think he did. I think, I think Alex picked him up later on. But. Yeah, I, I don't think he got drafted. But, I mean, you, you think about who the, who the top three were – Going into this season, it's the same it's been for four years. Kelsey, uh, Andrews, Hawkinson, Kittle. I think we see that order get shaken up a little bit next year because Trey McBride has been really good this year too for for Arizona. He's been consistent. He's seeing a ton of targets. Uh, and and Jake Ferguson in Dallas has been a big play machine. He's he's their red zone guy sometimes too. So you get some new, new blood in the tight end position in fantasy uh, next year, which will be nice. The Ferguson stuff is hilarious because – if you if you follow Scary Alvarez on Twitter, he is he is constantly <laughs> reminding creepy. everyone, constantly reminding everyone that that's his grandson. Um, but that it's it's a good bit, right? The the fake, right? The the parody account. It's, it's worth a follow. Go out and follow him tonight, Scary Alvarez. I'll have to go do that. That'll be that sounds great. I love the handle. Number one, the handle's got me. You know, it's involved. it's Wisconsin sports stuff, right? But. If you're if you're into the Packers and he talks a lot of Wisconsin sports and you know the, the university and I'm gonna throw one other name out there at you too as a as a dark horse for next year if you're looking for a guy who will probably go undrafted in your fantasy drafts when he gets a quarterback Michael Mayer for the Raiders is going to be a really really good tight end he they don't they don't utilize him much in the offense right now. Uh, and, and they're going to be reshuffling, obviously, the coaching stuff next year offensively, and I don't think Aiden O'Connell is going to be their quarterback next year. I would say, in fairness, the quarterback doesn't use much of any of the targets. That's, That's fair. true. <laughs> Devontae Adams had one catch for four yards. That was 
Uh, but but when they can get an an actual offense put together, Michael Mayer is going to be a stud tight end. I also really like Musgrave in Green Bay before he got hurt. Like it looked like he was starting to become a, a nice viable a viable force for Jordan Love. Uh, so there's a lot of dudes, and obviously this gets brought up because Kelsey had you know a, a just a, a fall to earth yesterday, like you wouldn't believe. It was it was really strong. Andrews has been hurt for the last three four weeks, and he's going to be out for the year. Hawkinson blows out his knee on Sunday. Uh, Kittle had a great game. So Kittle's still there. Kittle had a great game. I'm, Kittle's having a very fine season, but, but Zach, there's obviously some, some room to move here in the tight end world. That's why you bring it up. I'm assuming. Yes, I, I did. And I, I'll say this though. I do think, um, there's been overreaction. I think if, if I had the first pick in tight ends next year, I will take Travis Kelsey again. Hmm. I think they're, they're going to have wide receivers there next year, right? They can't possibly be as bad at wide receiver as they've been. Right? I mean, Ryan, fair, Ryan talked about this, and we can maybe get into that a little bit. But we certainly will. They'll definitely have to invest. Brian, you had something. Go ahead. Well, I'm I'm just saying that I, I we've been saying for what three four years now that the Chiefs are going to invest in wide receiver. It just feels like they never do. I mean, at some point, I wonder if if the the conversation has to shift to instead of trying to draft and develop a guy right away. You know, you, you have a good one in Rasheed Rice, who I think is going to be a really good slot receiver. Uh, if he's available, don't you think they have to throw a bunch of money at T Higgins to see if he can come be their, their wide receiver? One? But can you afford T Higgins? I mean, you couldn't afford Tyreek Hill. I mean, I, I think they could have found a way to afford Tyreek Hill. I just don't think that they were willing to, to go to his number. Yeah, I think they, uh, they could have. They just decided not to. I, I think it's a good discussion of this, right? And it probably goes back to supporting what Ryan's point of view on Jefferson is that they, you know, the Vikings have to pay him and will pay him because how can you not? Right. After looking at what's happening in Kansas city, right. I mean, what, 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 what would the Vikings look like next year without Justin Jefferson and drafting a new quarterback? Well, we've seen that in, in fairness to that point, I think the comeback would be, we have seen that he didn't play for half the year. Right. But they they, they did fine to that. Yeah, but they also had Jordan Addison, who became a really talented player. Now Addison didn't really—he got knocked out of the game on sun, on Sunday, but but he's been terrific. And I would point to like you can get guys in the draft at wide receiver in tons of positions. Case in point, Los Angeles, the Rams. You know, going into this season, I think we thought the Rams were going to be a not a very good team, right? Maybe a, like a five hundred outfit at best. And because they hit a home run in the draft with Puka Nakua, and because they hit a home run in the draft with Kyron Williams. Now all of a sudden, like they look like a team that's got all kinds of offensive weapons. They got team. They got guys that can play. And I just think, like, give yourself some some bites at the apple. This is where the Chiefs, I think, are rippable, is because they didn't do enough in the draft this year or last year to really give themselves a, a chance. You have got to get two to three to even four viable players I think in every draft to call yourself super successful Vikings didn't last year this year uh, I think it's been a better draft Jordan Addison clearly has panned out been a, a valuable piece to what they've been trying to do and if you go to LA two huge pieces that have definitely helped their team Rams or the Chiefs though can't say that hasn't happened I, to the Chiefs. I, I think that the there is you know there's truth to that but there's folly in that too Right. It's there's a family guy bit that this that brings this to mind is 
you know, Peter's sitting in a, a timeshare meeting and he's offered a boat or a box that has a chance to win a boat. You have, if you're the Vikings and you've got the best, arguably, you know, top three, maybe the best wide receiver in football, that's great. Or I can draft a guy and he might turn out to be one of the best or top three wide receivers in football. You know, I, I think that it, if you know what you have, you pay him. You did it for right? Stefan Diggs. You did this exact thing he, for Stefan Diggs and you got but back. For, wait, right, one, that, but I think one, that's, that's the exception to the rule. I don't think it works out that way most of the time. Right. One, Stefan Diggs is not as talented as, as Justin Jefferson. He's just not as good. Two. We didn't know that at the moment, though. You're, you're right. We didn't. And it rolled the dice and we paid it off. But you don't. You shouldn't roll the dice every time. That's, Two, that's what I'm saying. I, th- I think it's I, – I agree with Ryan. I think it's less um, – it, it, the odds of it happening again are not good. That's true. The, you can the, get a Moss for Troy Williams. I, I do I do want to bring up for one second just the sidebar here because Ryan brought up the, the boat gig from Family Guy. <laughs> Which is a great fit. <laughs> Anytime I get a pass to send a kid from the office, I'm like, hey, they want to see you in the office. And kids are like, why? Right? They always ask why in middle school. Like I, like I know. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you want a boat. And, and none of them like – Get it, but it's become like a running gag in my room. They're all like, "Yeah, maybe you owed, you know, <laughs> Lamont won a boat today. You know, that could be great today." <laughs> it's like, nah, you you guys are going home. Yeah, you're, you're probably being suspended, actually. But yeah. uh, but you could have won a boat. It's very possible. Yep. Could be that. And, and and kids ask me about it. I'm like, no, they give away one boat a year. Yeah, what? Like, <laughs> So these sixth graders are waiting for someone to win the boat. Somebody's going to win a boat. That's all there is to it. You got to get Last a doctored AI picture there of some kid winning a boat at the end of the year. Like you got to find a way to get that done. Ryan, keep going. The, the last thing I wanted to say is that Justin Jefferson doesn't provide the headache that Stefan Diggs provided. Not yet. Right? Yet. He, sure, but he's he's shown no signs of that, right? Ooh, he's, have, has he? I think there's not, signs. Not to, the deg- not to the degree, right? He's, he's Everything he said has been publicly supportive. He hasn't been stirring up shit on social media. You know, well, he has fa- he has family out there that that does this sort of thing. They have been quiet. He's been he's been pro Kirk. I'll say that the way the way that he's kind of stood his ground is said. I want to play with Kirk Cousins. Right. So that's my but, question. Right. If he doesn't get Kirk next year, right. If Kirk is gone, then does this amplify with him? Right. If he's got, I don't know whoever. Right. I mean that. I think this is part of the problem with the uh you know vikings twitter right and chargian's talking about it all the time like oh you got to pay kirk look what you have well your options aren't kirk or nick mullins yeah right the thought is that it's the the other option is someone better but people act like it's one or the other well i think that the the feeling right now is that the the priority is to re-sign cousins to a short-term deal and draft a guy to be the successor. Um, now you'll have to pay for that, but the cap goes up and it seems more affordable now that he's been injured than it would have, you know, three, four months ago when he was playing really, really well and he was healthy. Do you think uh, Kirk takes a short-term deal? I Look, he's 36. He's going to be 37 when the season starts next year. I don't know that he's going to have anything other than th- short-term deals from here on out. What about this though, Ryan? What if I, he, I, I would go ahead, Zach. just give me one second here. No, you guys, I, I would say somebody would give him like, you're, you're looking for what a two year deal. Two or three, yeah, not much. I, I, there's somebody out there. I'll give him four, right? Just the way free agency works and everything. I mean, if you're a team without a quarterback, 
I mean, right? If the Falcons, I mean, the Falcons would give him four. They're the question is, is I don't, I don't know if he would want to play anywhere else. One, I know he and his wife have said they love it here, and you know, his their kids are old enough now; they're in school. He doesn't want to move. He he has stated publicly that he wants to sign here and retire here. I mean, all players say that sort of thing, but you're, he's at an age where, you know, that kind of thing probably matters a little more to him, thinking about where he wants to be when he retires. Um. I'll, and, I'll I mean, say this. If, if you've got your receiver number one going to bat for you in the media just about every time he's asked about it, I mean, that probably helps too. For an extra $20 million, my kids can go wherever for to school. <laughs> sure. No, I, I get that. I'm I'm just saying, that, do you want to go through, the, at, 30, at 36, almost 37 years old, right? Do you want to go through the trouble of relocating your whole family one more time you know, or or do you want to take a run with a team that you know offensively, if you're at the helm, can be really, really good, right? You know, because if anywhere that Cousins goes this offseason that isn't Minnesota, who's a situation that's looking for a quarterback that's going to be willing to spend that money that's in a position to win? See, I think there's like 16 teams that are going to want to spend a lot of money to improve their quarterback situation. But I mean, is Cousins that improvement? Well, I would say that looking at what they have versus maybe where they are in the draft, I, I would think that they would. Now, I'd just throw a few examples at you because um, I actually think it's the opposite, Ryan. I think like even though he took an injury and it's a pretty severe injury, I think that the league is so short on quality capable quarterbacks that Kirk has made himself more money. Uh, because he has proven that when healthy, he's a top 15 guy. And those guys are like gold in this league. It's like currency. Um, I would look at back at Washington. They would definitely take him in a second. Uh, they would take him in Atlanta. I think the jets, if Rogers something happened, I think they'd take him there. The giants, I think don't love Dan- their Daniel Jones situation. They might eat something there. Denver's probably going to eat some Russell Wilson money, uh, and how, get out of that about, thing as fast as they could. How about like Tennessee or Pittsburgh? Tennessee or Pittsburgh? Do you see them as possible too? I mean, I think it's all possible. I just I'm going on off of what he said, and you know, the guys around him and what they're saying. The head coach wants him back. Yeah, like um, everybody in the organization seems to want him to stay. My guess is the organization finds a way to keep him. Honest question, right? Ryan. Yeah, honest question to that. Okay, say that's true, and I'm I'm going to go with that because I think you you probably are, are in tight with Quezzy more than I am. He's your guy. Um, if that's the case and you pay Kirk and you pay Justin Jefferson, who takes a haircut to make that work? Because that's a lot. That's a lot of money a year to, to tie up into two players. Uh, who ends up, who, where do you take a haircut and, and who gets cut off? Who gets left out? Well, I, I think that the, the thing that we're, we're missing in this conversation is one, the cap gets so much bigger next year, right? It's, it's, we're going to have a huge cap increase. Two, the Vikings have a ton of free agents this year, and it's probably not a guy who's going to be on roster that takes a cut. It's a guy you're probably not signing, right? Mm-hmm. It, you're probably not going to keep a KJ Osborne, right? Who who is who's going? Who's probably not going to be on the team next year if Cousins and Jefferson are both back, right? You, you're going to re-sign Christian Derrissaw, so your 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 priority of signing at this point is Jefferson Cousins Derrissaw, maybe not even in that order, right? It might be Jefferson Derrissaw Cousins because you, you can go get a, a guy on the draft at quarterback if, if that doesn't work out. But there's the, the level of priority for Vikings free agents, you know, with who they have leaving and who they potentially have coming in. I mean, it, it, 
you're looking at probably a draft or a free agent signing at middle linebacker. You're probably looking at a cornerback in the draft. You're probably looking, you're obviously looking at a, a young quarterback who's going to be your successor to cousins. Um, I, I think that, you know, the haircut isn't somebody who's on roster. There might be one or two restructures, but the answer is that you're just not going to resign someone like KJ Osborne, maybe Jordan Hicks. Also, yeah. I, I want to amend my earlier statement. I think that Seattle would be a, a good landing spot for him. I don't know if I'd send my kids to school in Seattle for $20 million. <laughs> and, and I think that there's going to be reason for the Vikings to, to spend a little more on him too, right? You see what this offense looks like without Kirk Cousins, right? It, yeah. and, and if you have, honestly, the, the problem is that not, not even that the backup quarterbacks are incapable right? There have been times when those backups have looked good because the offense works, but you need a quarterback who can take care of the ball. And all of these backups have just seemed completely incapable of just taking care of the ball. Yeah, it's bad. A lot of turnovers, way too many. You, you, you lose all these games by one score and you just think, man, if we just had a quarterback that wouldn't turn it over, we'd probably win more of these games than we've lost. And you have a shot at winning the division title. I mean, the, the, the largest loss they've had all year was seven points against the Chiefs, and they still had a chance in that game. But the, the problem all year has been turnovers. You can't you can't hold on to the ball, but Cousins gives you the best chance to do that. He said yeah. I mean, he's had zero games with multiple picks in the last, I think, four years. Yeah, I can't I can't argue with what you're saying. It makes sense after watching this year, I mean, there's just not a lot of guys out there. I mean, the league is absolutely at a quarterback shortage. Uh, in the worst way, I don't think I've ever seen it this bad. Um, and it's it, it you if you've got a guy, you got to hang on to him, and and that's just really all there is to it. Uh, let's we'll, we can probably we'll probably get around to the Vikings again here as we go through this. But let me uh, let's start with let me Zach. Let me ask you this: Did we just have too much football over the last four days? Are you footballed out Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday? Tough to keep track of it all, yeah. Um, I will say this. I have Texas State versus Rice on the TV as we do this. So I'm going to say no. Because that's about as bottom barrel football as you can get. I asked the wrong guy that question, I guess. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I'm, I'm looking forward, to, you know, um, 8 o'clock tonight is, um, God, what is it? it's UCLA in Kansas, mm. I think. UNL is yeah is yeah exactly yeah is UNLV, UNLV in or no Kansas, right? UNLV in Kansas yeah sorry I'm I, I just polished off that uh, three four poor bourbon um, say, you need another one here or? uh we'll see we'll see I gotta ding the little could I, see if Caitlin could I interest one. you in one other my new Minnesota Vikings decanter ooh that's um, very nice Ryan. yeah UNLV versus Kansas and those are two exotic offenses like they run some weird stuff so I've got the notebook ready to jot some stuff down ooh. um. It it is. I mean, here's the deal. It's it's spread out. It's a lot. Um, it can be, you know, difficult with all the holiday stuff going on and everything. But, um, I'm I'm never gonna complain about more football. We've talked about this before. We only have so many weeks that we get it. So even bad Thursday night games, I usually watch because, right? You only get sixteen, seventeen Thursday night games. Right? We're done with Monday night football now. There's oh no yeah, Monday night games. Because they're so, doing a Saturday night Monday night game this week, right? Is that what they're doing this week? Yeah, that's right. Monday night's New Year's Eve, so they didn't want to put a game on. I get some of that. 
Um, plus the college, right? Isn't college going to run that night? I think college runs on New Year's Day, something like that. But, so, yeah, that's they, the Monday. Yeah. So whatever it is. Yeah. So I get some of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, at a certain point, it's like, do I care about, you know, the Denver game? What was that? That was so Sunday was, night. Sunday night, right? Yeah. So there you go. Yep. Like, I can't remember what night it was. So <laughs> I did not watch that game. Right. I didn't watch one moment of that game. I did watch it because it was the Patriots, but I was falling asleep. Yeah. Was, I did that know. was what? Christmas Eve? Yeah. That was Christmas Eve. Yeah. It so was raining outside, 50 degrees. God, good sleeping weather, brother. Yeah. But there, there's a lot of, right. I mean, Christmas Eve here is a little different than at your house, right? With four kids. And, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. The three and the four year old, especially. Um, that could get out of control during your dad talk tonight. I'm guessing. Oh, it was, it it was. Garrig was hilarious. Every present he opened, he started with, "Oh my god, it's a Hot Wheels car." You know, like it didn't matter. It didn't matter what it was. He was just amped for it. I love it. Yeah, Can't beat I, I've got some good Christmas stories too coming up. But yeah. Can't wait. That's called a tease in the radio business, guys. That was really, that's good stuff. So you're, okay, so you weren't bothered by it. Ryan, were you bothered? Was it too much? It felt like too much for me. I got to be honest with you. I was kind of, I was over it by the end. I got to be honest. I really didn't watch much football this weekend. I, I just didn't. I've. Well, you complained about the Vikings certainly enough in our text chain. Yeah. I mean, you were pretty upset. I watched the Vikings game and I was pretty much done. Um, had nothing to do with the Vikings. I just didn't have time. I, I mean, I didn't even really watch the Vikings game. I was, I had it on in the background while I was making cannolis on Christmas Eve. So, did you save a cannoli for me? So, I did not. We ran out this year. I, I've never run out before, but I ran out of cannolis bitch. this year. Oh, damn it! I'm, I'm looking back at the schedule. All right, I watched Thursday night Saints Rams. Saturday, I watched Steelers Bengals and Bills Chargers. Mm-hmm. Although I might have been in bed before the end of, I was no, in I bed I, before the end of Bill's charges. I think I did watch to the end of that Sunday. Um, I watched right Vikings Lions was on. Yep, and then Cowboys Dolphins was at the house I was at. So I yep, watched we that. watched we watched Cowboys Dolphins at my parents. Um, but I did not hit the late game, the Patriots Broncos. So that one we we did not watch. And then Monday, um, I did all the Chiefs Raiders game, which I can't wait till we get to here. Yeah, we had Chiefs Raiders on, and then Giants Eagles. I watched the first half, but we were driving back from Wisconsin from Caitlin's parents, so we second half I didn't have that. But then I came home and I watched Ravens Forty ers for three quarters, and when it was out of hand, I went to bed. So I, I pretty much watched, you know, ninety percent of what we could have. That's a lot of football. It's a lot. It just got to me. I was just, I don't know if I was just tired, but I felt like it was the longest week ever. Plus I got fantasy football semifinals and I was trying to, you know, hold off your brother and get to the championship game. And I was, you know, making a deep run in Ryan's Valhalla league, making a deep run uh, to the championship. And I'm just, I was just, I, I think I was just mentally spent at the end of yesterday. I, well, I, think, I think we're all, you know, rooting for you this week. Yes, thank you. Yeah. I hope I have all the fan support I can get. We gotta, feel, we gotta feel, take this like guy Jesse, out. Jesse has surpassed me as the evil empire in that league. 
Oh, he's no question. And it's not because he's running through the league during the regular season. It's just he gets hot at the end of the season and he goes on a run. You know, he's just been, uh, he's won two titles outright. He split the title last year with Derek. And it's like, and he should have lost last year. But they canceled the Cincinnati game, the Cincinnati-Buffalo game, and it, all Derek needed was like eight points and it was over. But instead he gets to have half the booty. It's I, I don't like it. I got to put him away this time. Yeah, I got to win this one. Money. I just care about the belt. I know. I want the belt. The belt's got to come home to daddy. It, one Caleb time. just gave me a look like, no, we care about the money, not the belt. <laughs> uh, I care about the belt. I need to put the, my, the, the team name on the belt for the first time. Uh, that needs to happen. Uh, how, how about this? When I started dating Caitlin, she came over. And I had the championship belt hanging from the the mirror on my dresser. <laughs> and and I had the Logator championship trophy at the time, which is obnoxiously big. Like, it's huge. So these two huge trophies hanging up in my bedroom. Those are, that's some pretty big stuff. And she was like, yep, this is where I want to hitch my wagon. <laughs> Yes, this is who I will be impregnated by. That is good. We'll take that. Thank you. That'll be perfect. Uh, who's in tra- after yes yesterday? I thought uh, the the some good teams were in trouble. I think the Chiefs are in big big trouble. I think the Eagles don't look super confident, and uh, it was a little bit of an unsettling performance by the 49ers last night. So, uh, Ryan, let me start with you. Um, were you okay? Who are you most concerned about? Either out of those three teams, or was there somebody earlier? Who are you most concerned about as we head to the last two weeks? Uh, as far as making the playoffs or their viability, is or like, just vi- just kind of just in general, maybe teams that are going to the playoffs are pretty darn close that you're concerned about. Like, oh man, that was a red flag. I, I think that there's not after last night. I'm not convinced there is one solid team across the board. There's some really good teams. Right, I think uh, Baltimore really, good, obviously, really good team. Probably number one in all of our power rankings tonight after last night. That's fair. Niners still a really, really good team. You lost to a really good team last night. Yep, probably number two. I think the the um, the Dolphins finally beat a decent team. Right, you you proved yourself a little bit. Now, granted, Cowboys can't win on the road, so that I'm gonna downgrade you a little bit for that. Detroit, really, really, really good team. That defense is a problem. Right, that they have a problem stopping some some teams, and I worry about if you have to play a Philadelphia, a forty nine, a San Francisco, or a Dallas. You know, we're going to find out with Dallas this week. But can you play defense enough to hold those teams off in those games? Because it's one thing to be able to hold off Nick Mullins and his four interceptions and the Vikings, who are a walking mash unit. But can you beat the Dallas Cowboys? Right, that's a question that the Lions have to answer. I think that. You know, there are some teams that I have concerns about that are uh, on the upward trend, right? I think, you know, Buffalo has looked really good the last few weeks. I think mm-hmm. Joe Flacco has breathed some new life into Cleveland. You know, I think that, you know, obviously Kansas City and Jacksonville, we're, we're starting to see some floundering there. And, and that's, I think that's going to be a problem. Jacksonville might not make the playoffs. Can it, if they can keep I, no, Jacksonville is going to make it. Can I, can I ask you a question though? Sure. Yeah. Is Joe Flacco the MVP? Comeback player of the year, certainly. Well, comeback player of the year for sure. But I mean, think about it. Where they were, and with their injuries, right? And it 
if I told you a Joe Flacco led team was ten and five, yeah, right. I mean, regardless, and are they four and one with Flacco right now, or like something like that? Is it yeah, some, I mean, some kind of number? He's played really good, and nobody else has made a huge case for it. That's the thing, right? Like, if if McCaffrey was going to win it, it kind of felt like he had to win and have a good game last night. Yeah, everybody's all over Lamar this morning. That's what I, I was watching the talking heads this morning. Right, right. Like, Lamar, it, Lamar, 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 Lamar. But, but Lamar's stats would be it would it would be some of the it would be the worst stats to win it in a long time. Correct. And you know, we know the that there's a preconception to lean towards quarterbacks and um, you know, I I I would have some feeling towards Tyreek Hill, but I I don't know that there's a clear correct answer right now. Yeah, it's a, that's a, I think that's fair. I I think he's been Flacco's been terrific. I I give Matthew Stafford a lot of credit. You know, in a year where all the quarterbacks are dying, a guy with a bad back and a bad neck is is you know got his team I, almost into the playoffs is pretty incredible too. I, I, I don't, I'm surprised he's still upright. The vote for Lamar is that you know if the defense didn't give up some leads late, I mean they could be undefeated right now. That's true, and not that the offense isn't culpable in that, right? Like they they didn't have great second halves in those games or late fourth quarters and et cetera. But, you know, I mean, there, there's an argument to be made there too. I don't know. It, it just feels like one of those years where there's not a clear cut answer. Um, you know, and there, there are people talking about, you know, maybe it should go to Jalen hurts, but the reality is like Jalen hurts is, fluffed up by those quarterback sneaks for touchdowns. True. I agree with that. Yeah, he gets a lot of those. And it's a and, lot of gifts. I mean, because if you if you look at his passing yards and his like his passing stats right now, like you would take Jordan Love over him. And, and he's I'm not, not looked good. What'd you say? I said he's not looked good passing the ball. No, no. And and not that like I mean there's different situations there and you know one team's got eleven wins and one has seven, and I get that. I'm not, I'm not. This is not a Jordan Love argument, but I think he's really bolstered by, you know, getting ten one yard touchdown runs. When the reality is, they could probably just hand it off to Swift and have those ten runs if they wanted to. And if they did that, my team would probably be in the playoffs right now in the championship. But I digress. That's- I can't I can't disagree with any of that. Ryan, I think I agree with you that there may not be there just may not be a great team and that every team has got major flaws and this is going to be about you know kind of like our fantasy leagues this year we're like who gets hot, you know, who's the healthiest coming into the playoffs, who's the last team standing, uh that sort of thing. Um if that's the case, is Kansas City is Kansas City still a threat, or did we see enough to say that team's got too many issues they cannot overcome it after yesterday's performance? Well, I think they can overcome it. I just don't know that they will. Right? This is you start to wonder about teams, then they're you know how much they're listening to their their coaches and stuff like that. When you start to see the wheels come off at this point in the season, especially teams that have persistent issues, right? It's it's not the beginning of the year where you have hiccups. You know, and, and guys are still getting on the same page. Maybe some guys miss training camp. You know, guys come back from injury. They didn't play in the preseason. Things like that, right? You get to late in the season, and and you've got uh, you've got high end teams or supposed to be high end teams that are not that are just not performing. 
and they're they're having egregious issues. They can't even line up to get the play in. Those are those are alarming issues for a team that's supposed to be a title contender. And I, I just don't I don't see them. I just don't see them resolving those issues before the playoffs. They can. They've shown that they can. They can compete with anybody. But I you, I just don't get the feeling they're going to. This is going to be the year where they do that. Mahomes looked baffled yesterday. Like he was under duress. He was running for his life. Credit the Raiders. But he was, I mean, he just looked like he had no answers. What did he have, like six yards in the first quarter passing? Like he was a mess and it took him a while to get going. And then again, his receivers just just don't make plays. Like Kelsey's throwing his helmet. He got, there's just weird body language issues. There's all kinds. I mean, you got Taylor Swift consoling Brittany Mahomes, which makes me hate Taylor Swift. And it's just like, there's just too much. It's just officially too much. I, I, it, it's like they jumped the shark. I, I can't watch it anymore. Uh, it just felt like I, it, it just felt like way too much yesterday. I, I don't think like this team's Taylor in trouble Swift stuff though. No, I, I'm not blaming Taylor Swift for any of this, by the way. There's some people who want to go do, Hey, well, Kelsey's distracted. It's not fun. That's all hogwash. I'm not interested in any of that. And Kelsey's not been remotely the problem on this team. I mean, he's not right. getting open and he's not making plays, but that's not Taylor Swift's fault. Like that's that's not, he's not getting it's, open because there's nobody else. Like Tyreek Hill's not there blowing the tops off of defenses. That's true. I mean, they don't right. have anybody. De- that's what Kadarius Tony's supposed to do. Like he's supposed to be that guy, and he can't do it. Like it's yeah, Michael Hardman can't do it. Thirty-one other teams have not been wrong on Kadarius Tony. No one else would trade for him from New York. New York saw him the minute he got off the plane after the draft and said, "Nope, we made a mistake." Right, the, the the reports out of New York were that this guy was terrible. He did not focus. He was not the guy who paid attention. Didn't listen. Was not coachable. Why is he in Kansas City? Right, the Chiefs and, and- piss and moan about the officials too much. Too like they just they just piss and moan about everything. They it's, complain it seems about remarkable, everything. But like they miss Juju. They kind of do. Yeah, he sort of filled the void as like a professional wide receiver last year without Tyreek Hill, and he's been and nothing. He- yeah, you know, but yeah, it's been bad for him in New England. Part of that's because the quarterback situation is so much worse. Sure. But yeah, if you give him a quality quarterback, you know, he's a professional wide receiver that knows how to get open. I mean, if if you're Kansas City, why not call Pittsburgh and see if they want to get rid of the George Pickens headache? Do you know what I mean? Like there's he is at least athletically superior to everyone you have on roster. Do you know what I, I mean? mean? I mean, he he is He's a guy that I'd pull the trigger on. Even if you're willing to deal, if you're willing to deal with a Kadarius Tony headache, go get a guy who's 15 times more talented than. Kadarius. What they should have done is this. You know, Carolina picked up Adam Thielen, and Thielen's, Thielen's actually having a statistically really good year with Bryce Young. Could you just imagine what it would happen if he had Pat, Patrick Mahomes throwing it to him? Like you, they just they had their chances to upgrade and get a quality receiver, and they just didn't do it. And what? they've whiffed in the draft. They just have whiffed. The guys have, have- they've drafted have not been good. You have the, the the glaring issue of the wide receiver position, but what we miss talking about when we when we're discussing just the wide receiver position, uh, is is the the complete lack of an offensive line that can protect Patrick Mahomes. Right, their their O line has been atrocious the last five weeks. Atrocious. He has zero time. So even if these guys could get open or were interested in playing football down the field and not just running cardio for 60 minutes a game. I don't if, know. Mahomes if, got them all go- golf carts. So apparently if, they're all great. Well, look, quarterbacks take care of their of their their 
uh, of their offensive line with gifts and stuff like that. Anyway, running backs do that all the time, even if they're not great. Like the worst guy on the team, the worst guy on the O line is still going to get, you know, the the Polaris uh, uh, snowmobile if you're a Vikings fan. You Did know, you see it, that Aiden O'Connell's? Because he's not Aiden O'Connell doesn't make shit right. Like he can't go get his lineman. He can't go spend that kind of money. Yeah. His his wife made them cookies. <laughs> Like Patrick Mahomes gave his guys ATVs, Aiden O'Connell gave his cookies. But hey, you know what? They played hard for him yesterday versus the other side. All all I'm saying is that we talk about the one issue, but it's multiple issues in Kansas City, right? It is a cascade of failures across multiple position groups in Kansas City. It's also not illegal to get a defensive stop, which they've also been failing to do. They got a lot of stops yesterday because Aiden O'Connell threw, he had one completion in the last three quarters of the football game. Look, you're playing the, the Raiders who weren't able to score on the Vikings, all right? Let's th- that's one thing. But over the yeah. last like 4 weeks, they've their defense has not looked great. Although the defense did, wasn't the I mean, they gave up two turnovers that scored touchdowns in 7 seconds yesterday, and that was on offense. So like, that's what killed them yesterday. They got beat by their their own their Right. Own I'm not mistakes. I'm not blaming I'm not laying it all at the feet of the defense. I'm saying that that ev- there's enough blame to go around here. Right? Fair. It's it's not just the wide receivers, it's not just the quarterback, it's not you know, Taylor Swift is not the problem. It, there, there's a lot of problems. There's a, there's a cascade of failures around here that we should probably look at and say, hey, maybe there's more to the issues in Kansas City than just the wide receiver position. That's fair. Hey, let me throw a couple rapid fire things at you guys and let me see what you think. Uh, let me start with you, Zach. Um, and just kind of watching yesterday and watching the weekend. I'm glad you brought up Joe Flacco because I'll start with that. Is Joe Flacco a Hall of Famer? Um, if Joe Flacco can win the, the Cleveland Browns a title, the answer is yes, it has. Well, to be. yeah, if I mean, if that's <laughs> if yeah. he leads him to the playoffs, right. And does all this stuff, I mean, and gets a deep run. Is that enough? It, it might be. I mean, if you look at it historically, like quarterbacks don't win Super Bowls with multiple teams. That's kind of why Warner got in, right? Because he went with multiple teams. Right. I mean, and and Brady did it. But who else can you think of? Yeah, I can't. I, you know, I, I off the top of my head, I don't have one. Um, I know so, Earl Mor- Mor- Earl Morrill was the backup on two teams, right? He started for the right. Colts in Super Bowl three, and then for the Dolphins in the undefeated season. So I th- I think you know, it's it's going to be hard because there's so many quarterbacks now with good numbers, but. If they have some sort of run here, it, it's going to come up. I, I, sorry, I have. I just, there are two quarterbacks in NFL history who have won won Super Bowls with two different teams. Uh, Craig Morton and Kurt Warner started with two teams. I, uh, but, uh, but only I know two another have won. one. It's so you got it's, Tom. It's Tom Brady. You, who's your other one, Zach? Um, Jim McMahon. Because yeah, was, in theory, because he was back up in Green Bay, he was back up and he won Green for Bay the Bears when they won the second. This, I'm, I'm I'm just talking about starters. Okay, starters. But Jim McMahon's okay. that's a good pull, Zach. Good yeah. pull. Peyton Manning is the only other. Oh yeah, Peyton Manning, of course. Yep. The Colts and the Broncos. Yes, that's right. But that's, that's a, they're the only two. Yeah, and uh, Jim Plunkett won his two late in his career, kind of like in this Flacco mold, right, where everybody kind of thought he was done for, and then he kind of had this resurgence late in his career. Um, so who knows if that's that? So you think it's kind of on the borderline right now, Zach on Flacco? Yeah, he, he's not in, I don't think without some sort of miraculous run here. Okay. Ryan, Matt Stafford, 
Is Matt Stafford a Hall of Famer? Yes. Yeah. No, I, I think he is. He's, is what he is, is what he's doing this season maybe his most impressive or second most impressive? I think I, I thought he was borderline leaving Detroit because he would he was like he had made his mark. He was the tough guy quarterback. He was kind of the gambler. He still took care of the ball. He was Calvin Johnson's quarterback, right? Like there's there's all kinds of ways you could have looked at this from angles that, you know, maybe he could have gotten into the Hall of Fame. I think he became surefire when he won his title in LA. Hmm. And and you know, he is he's been quietly a really good quarterback this year that, you know, he's he's taken care of the ball. He's moved them down the field. Puka Nakua would not have had the season that he had without Matt Stafford being around. Uh and and look, there's there's a lot of a lot of this stuff, but you you look at I, I like to look at quarterbacks and see who has had success around them, right? I mean, with Peyton Manning, you could make the argument that Reggie Wayne isn't as good as he is without without Peyton Manning, right? Marvin Harrison, real Hall of Fame wide receiver, doesn't have the career he has if Peyton Manning isn't his quarterback, right? You know, Randy Moss played with Tom Brady, had his best years ever. The the best elevate the best, and Matt Stafford has had Calvin Johnson, Cooper Cup, and Napuka Nakua, who have had very, very, very good seasons around him. And that to me lends itself to an idea of a, of an elite quarterback who has a title, who statistically is up there with some of the best of all time. He's got to be a hall of famer. I would argue too with Odell Beckham had his best five games in the last, he's basically his reputation has been five games with the Rams and a couple seasons with New York giants has basically given him a career and made him a lot of money. And I like to play the, who would you rather game when it comes to like those borderline guys, would you rather have Kurt Warner or Matt Stafford? And, and for me, I'd rather have Matt Stafford. All right, uh, quarterbacks with multiple Super Bowl wins. Matt Kavanaugh was the backup for the 49ers and the Giants in Super Bowl 19 and 25. Okay. We got Manning and Brady. Got that. McMahon. Um, McMahon. So there's been six of them, I believe. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, Jeff Rutledge. One with the Giants in twenty one, and Washington in twenty in twenty six for Super Bowls. That's I mean, other than that, right, before my time. I think I think if he gets yeah. in as and then Earl Morrill, which you mentioned earlier. Yep. Right. Yep. So if he if he gets in, I mean, if he wins a Super Bowl, he's in. Right for I mean, Flacco, you mean? For Flacco. oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, Flacco. If somehow that he runs the Browns into the title, which is that out of the realm of possibility? It's not. If that happens. Joe Flacco's a Hall of Famer. In no most years, I'd say, no, it's not really a possibility. But this year... It, They're it, like one of the only three teams who can play defense. It feels like there's not a like the sure thing, right? I mean... Yeah. I, I feel like I agree. Monday night game might be a rematch for the Super Bowl, but... We'll you see. might be right. Hey, uh, Zach, next rapid fire. Did Antonio Pierce do enough to become the new pit boss in Las Vegas full-time? Probably. I, I think, think they'll still they'll still see what else is out there and what other things are available. I mean, it makes me a little nervous, right? If you're hiring a guy who's on no one's radar, it it feels like a two year, and then you're looking for a head coach again. That's but my concern too. The guy the guys seem to be into him, right? They're playing hard. He's winning games without a quarterback. Right, so can they add a quarterback this year? That's a problem. They're going to be in a spot where they can't really draft one. It's true. They need Kirk. 
the owner is also like in love with Gruden. And I think if the league would let him get Gruden back, he would do it. That's what the word is on the street. But my guess is, is that he's not going to get a big name guy to come there. Um, Cause I think of what's kind of happened already. So to me, he might end up just staying the course and saying, you know what, we're going to ride this with Antonio Pierce for a while. Cause it's a popular choice. So I don't know. That's, I think that's a legit one. I don't know. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Ryan, <clears throat> are you prepared to apologize to the Detroit Lions after you basically said three weeks ago that they may not make the playoffs? No, I'm not willing to apologize for that because their problems have persisted. They just had an easy schedule. Again, I'll say this again. I said this earlier in the podcast. That defense is a problem. You're right. They gave up 400 uh, that, yards to Nick Mullins. That's, that is a problem. You're not going to be able to do that and survive against San Francisco, against Philadelphia, against Dallas. It's not going to happen. All right? I'm not going to apologize for it because that's what that was my take four weeks ago, and it's my take today. It's not my fault that they ran into the mash unit of the Minnesota Vikings and they've beaten on some, you know, they've beaten some, uh, a couple of decent teams, but they're, you know, what have they done? Show me Fair. a win. Show me a win against a really good team next week. Right. If you can beat the Dallas Cowboys and and show on me the road defense, too. Right. Show me that your defense can can do something. But if they go to Dallas and they get blown out because Dallas is playing at home, coming off a tough tough loss against a better Miami team, people are going to start asking questions about the Lions because again, the Lions feel like last year's Vikings. Right. You're 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 coming back. You're squeaking out. You're you just you're grinding to win these games. And it's cute because they haven't done it in 30 years. And the head coach is biting off people's kneecaps and people like that. And look, I have no problem with the Detroit Lions. I don't mind them. But their fans right now feel like the guy in your friend group who touched a boob for the first time and won't stop talking about it. All right. <laughs> I haven't Let's, touched let, a boob in a long time. Act, act like you've been there. All right. It's congratulations, you did it for the first time in 30 years. Let's see you back it up. Go beat a real team. Jesus. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm just going to say this. Boobs are great. Hey, no, I agree. I totally agree. I totally agree. But the, goal, the goal is to get to home base, not second. Right? Let's oh. congratulations. What you did it for the first here? time in 30 years. Let's ride, baby. Okay, okay. So we're going we're gonna to veer off topic here for a second, but not really because we're going to stay on the boobs. Um, we, we had a, a, a Spanish teacher ask for a bunch of magazines for her classroom, right? And so I brought down a stack of magazines and I said, hey, like, these are all Sports Illustrateds or like, you know, I had like the Bison Game Day program, a couple other things, you know, that I've been to. I said, got some golf magazines if you'd like those. Well, I, I said, I would go through these before you put them on your shelf. Right, just because like there's a lot of scantily clad women in them, you know, like whatever you're comfortable with, right? With eighth grade boys, Godspeed. <laughs> nothing, I, so nothing. She, you're not comfortable with any of them. Right. So she she runs into me in the hall a few days later, and she's like, "Oh my god!" She's like, "You told me to go through those magazines," and she's like, "And I did, but somebody else brought me down a handful of other magazines, and I put them on my shelf." And she's One's like, hustler. There's, there's a no. There's like a National Geographic, right? And oh, okay. It's, it's, she goes, this kid freaks out because it's full of boobs. <laughs> and she's like, and I'm, she goes, and I'm always gonna remember you told me to look, and I didn't look through someone else's. I said, well, the first of all, we know it, I said we know it's not mine because if it was, if I had a magazine with boobs in it, I you would, wouldn't be donating them. Yeah, I wouldn't be giving it away. <laughs> 
And she's like, you know, I explained to the kid. I'm like, it's, it's not a big deal. I'm like, it's just boobs. And I'm like, what well, if you're in eighth grade? Boobs are a big deal. And I said, I'll be honest, when you're 40, boobs are still a big deal. They're a big deal. I was going to say, when you're 60, when we're doing this podcast in our 60s, guess what? It'll be a big deal. Yeah. I mean, that's just all there is to it. They'll never stop being a big deal. They're always going to be a big deal. It's like Atlantis. It's like the lost city of gold. Are you look, kidding me? Look, man, it's like it's like pizza. When they're <laughs> bad, they're still pretty good. Yeah, the the worst pizza is still better than like ninety five percent of anything else. It's not even close. Well, that went our list, our female listenership. Uh, thank you for listening to the pod. Uh, that'll be great. You know, actually, go listen to pizza. We're you know what? Here's the thing. We'll have actually you know, this. I was I was going to say we, we do have a new female voice joining our podcast uh, realm this week. Uh, she's going to sit down and do her first pod pari with me. Uh, we'll have to see what she thinks about me. Now, I won't I won't bring that up to her. I'm sure she'll probably bring it up herself because she listens to our show. So um, we'll see how it goes. We have young Allison coming on, Ryan, this week to do pod. Ah. She wants to talk football and movies with me. So nice. she actually said football. I She actually, uh, Allison also said, I'd like to get on the on the football pod sometime and wrap it up with you guys. To which, who knows, might be, you know, a, an interesting touch to this program every now and again. But I don't know if we could have had this conversation. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Hey, that was great. Uh, let me see if I have one more rapid fire. I don't know if I do. I had wrote, I'd written a few down, but I couldn't quite recall. Oh, here we go. This is for both. Um, a lot of people think that the Chiefs' problems stem from no Eric Bieniemy, but yet, how does that explain Washington's issues? Well, I, I think Washington is scoring at a decent rate, and they also don't have a head coach right now, so that's an issue in itself. That's true. Right? But, I mean, they're scoring at a decent rate. They, you know, Sam Howell is. Howell's regressing. Yeah. I mean, Well, he is what he is, right? Like, True. Can Sam. Sam Howell is one of those guys that's good enough to get you beat. Right? Mm. You don't turn to someone else, but he makes some mistakes. He's not top 10. He's fine. They, they need to be in the market for quarterback, too. That's true. Hey, Ryan, do you think the enemy regrets this move or do you think he's still an appealing head coaching candidate? I mean, I, I think he's still absolutely an appealing coaching, coaching candidate. I mean, it, if we know that Sam Howell is what he is and they still look pretty good with some flashes, I mean, the enemy zero C he's shown that he can do it without Andy Reed. And that's really what he had to prove, right? If anything, look at the Kansas city chiefs without him and ask the question, you know, maybe Eric Bieniemy is better than we thought. Yeah, I th- I think no. I think he also suffered from the fact that the previous Chiefs coordinator, right, goes to Chicago and stinks it up. That's true. And so and now he's back in Kansas City, right? But then there's some of that reluctance of like, oh, do we wanna mm. go down that road again with a Chiefs offensive coordinator who's not calling plays? who we thought was going to be the next hot thing. And he's not. So I, I mean, offensively, if you look at the, at the commanders, I mean, they're, they're doing some good things. They don't have, I think the requisite talent. I, I, I would still, I think you need to take a shot at him, right? If you're, if you're in the market right now, right. And we think if you're Atlanta, be, right. There could be six or seven teams looking for head coaches. I don't think there's seven guys better than him right now. 
Yeah. If you're Atlanta or Carolina and you need to grow a young quarterback or you need to improve your offensive city, I mean, they're going to fire Arthur Smith. I mean, there's no way they bring Arthur Smith back. Right. So, I mean, I'm just assuming they're going to fire him at the end of the season. I don't know how you bring him back. Um, just because the Ritter thing has been a disaster. They're back to Heineke for the third time this year. Uh, they just, they're a frustrating team. I know they won this week. I just, I don't, I don't have a good feeling about I them. Mean, Sam, if you're Carolina. Sam Howell's thrown for more yards than, you know, Jordan Love, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, you know, Bryce Young. I mean, there's, you know, then you're getting down to some guys who are hurt and stuff, but like he's, he's done some decent things. It's true. And and offensively, what do they have besides Scary Terry, who he hasn't been great. I mean, I feel like that's a guy who's perpetually overrated in fantasy drafts, and I draft him every year. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Uh, he's he's on my team in one of my leagues. I know I have him. Well, I get to the end, I was I'm like, oh, Scary Terry's still there. Hey, he's out there. He's round, yep. round nine. This is a steal. Yep. Uh. All right, I think that we'll keep an eye on some of those rapid fires. We kind of skipped it around a little bit. Hey, time for the Eliminator. Um, as you know, every week on this podcast, we eliminate one team. It looks like we're going to get burnt uh, this year by the L.A. Rams. Uh, Matt Stafford has caught fire, and I think we assumed Matt, Matt Stafford would be in traction uh, at this point, or he'd be you know retired or on a stretcher, and he's uh, leading his team. So right now we have eliminated – the Arizona Cardinals, the Houston Texans, the Chicago Bears, the Denver Broncos, the New England Patriots, the Green Bay Packers, the L.A. Chargers, the New York Jets, the New York Giants, the Carolina Panthers, the Rams, the aforementioned Rams, the Tennessee Titans, the Commanders, the Raiders, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Packers get in and not the Rams. If, if the Packers win their last two games and the Rams get beat by the 49ers in the last week, the Packers that's true. are in, but that doesn't help us, right? They're both, they're both out. Yeah, that would yeah. be no good. But also, we need, you need Minnesota and Seattle to carry the weight here. Like you need them or, to or come the through. Seattle's doing their part. Right. Or the Saints. Yep. Or the Saints, something like that. that that's that's, that's what needs to happen. Them. What's that? I will say, do we still have the Falcons or not? Falcons we still have. They're not eliminated yet. So we have a lot of options there. We just need, we need the Rams and to lose. That's true. That's true. I mean, the rest of the teams are kind of falling into place in the AFC. The AFC is starting to turn our way, except Jacksonville does need to win a game. Like, they need to win one goddamn game here so that they can put the Texans away. Um, Because everything else has kind of fallen into place. Although Cincinnati's loss to Pittsburgh uh, makes them an interesting candidate this week. Who else do we want to think about that's out there? There's no one I'm excited about to eliminate. I don't I don't think this is the year where you got to you got to roll the dice on some teams though. Like who's left then? So we know we can't eliminate an NFC team, right? Cuz we got to keep the Vikings, the Saints, the Falcons all in place here just in case. But I think that leaves us with Cincinnati. Um at, at this point I think we got to look at tiebreakers too. Yeah. Because there, there are some teams that That's why Pittsburgh are, I think is I think we're still good on that, right? I still think we are. If that, that if Jacksonville loses out, Pittsburgh might be in, and that even if Jacksonville goes one and one, Pittsburgh might end up. But then in. Houston gets in, and then we're really boned. Although I mean, Colts could, the Colts could win. Jacksonville's going to beat 
the Panthers this week. Let's all calm yep, down. But the, but they can go one and one and 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 not make the playoffs because they they will have they have like you said they have Carolina this week, but they they finish the season with the Titans and the Titans can beat them. Right, the the Titans can just outmuscle them. So I'm not saying it'll happen, but if that if that happens and we have a couple of other scenarios that play out, you could end up where you have. But you know, Houston, Houston has the Titans and they're at the Colts. That's not a foregone conclusion either. So no, but if the Colts went out, the Colts can still win that division. That's true. That's true. And then the and then the the Jags lose on tiebreakers for a wild card spot. Okay, but so we're not they, eliminating they were, the Jags tonight. We know no, we're not. But I'm, I'm saying I'm talking about tiebreakers. I think one of the teams we can talk about is the New Orleans Saints, right? Because the Saints, even even if the Saints win out, right, the Saints may the not. The Saints win out. Don't they win the division? Because don't they, with the way that sets up, don't they become the four seed if they win out? Not necessarily. The, the, if if they end up tied with the Bucks, the Bucks have the have the the division, uh, the division uh, tiebreakers. So the the Bucks are the favorite right now to win the South, and if the Saints beat the Falcons and and the Bucks beat the Panthers in Week 18, then the Bucks are the NFC champions. The Rams and the Seahawks make the playoffs. You know, there's there's See, a bunch of stuff there that that you know Minnesota's not not in, but then you know New Orleans and Atlanta are both out. I'm almost more apt to eliminate Minnesota before I eliminate New Orleans, only because Minnesota has no way in except the wild card. They is it Jaron Hall? Is it Nick Mullins? If it's Nick Mullins, I don't know if they can beat. Actually, I don't know if it's any. If any of them, I don't know if they can beat any of them because they got to play the Packers on Sunday Night Football. Packers, I would argue, are, are the better team right now, just based on health, based on everything that we've talked about. Right? The Vikings are playing a preseason roster right now. They've got. That's what I'm saying. Would you rather have the Packers roster into Sunday night, or would you rather have the Vikings roster this Sunday night? Well, that's that's kind of what I was thinking coming into this podcast tonight. Was I'm. Minnesota's on my list for elimination just because I you look at the tiebreakers and yeah if if things go their way if they can if Detroit sits their starters because they're locked into the third the three seed in that last week of the year yeah Minnesota might get in and Detroit might pull Minnesota with the sixth seed because that's what they want and they think it's an easy win on wildcard weekend right sure that can happen but is it likely that Minnesota misses the playoffs right now yeah I think their chances are pretty good they're not in the postseason I, th- I think we're between Minnesota and the Saints and you yeah. and you're right if right if the in week 17 if the saints beat the bucks but the falcons beat the bears and then next week the saints beat the falcons and tampa bay beats carolina tampa bay does win the division hmm. so that feels like that i that feels I, doable right that I feels get like behind that. either of those saints or Vikings elimination. And and the the other thing with that is if if the Vikings end up going 2-0 in the next two weeks, right? Big if at this point, but if they do, and the Saints end up going 2-0 at 9-8, and the Vikings hold the tiebreaker. Yeah. So, you know, the team that comes out ahead if we do all the math is still Minnesota, even if it's a tenuous grasp on a spot at best, right? And it, I think that they might be on elimination next week. But if they lose to the Packers, it's a clear they're it's out because seven yeah. and nine, they're not they're not going to get there at eight and nine. Eight and nine is not going to get the well, stuff. That, that's that's not they're not eliminated at eight and nine. They can still make the playoffs at eight and nine. They need a lot of help. But we would think but, that eight, it's eight and nine is pretty hard to ask, right? That's a tough ask to get in. They would need a lot to go. They don't control fate at all, right? All that's right. I'm I'm going to put down my vote. All right, and then I'll let you two guys decide from there. Ryan, I'll give you the second vote. Here, All right. If need All right. So fire away, Zach. I'm, I'm going to do what we should have done in week three 
The Vikings are out. Okay. Week three, we should have done. They were 0-3. I they know. They were on the docket in week three, week four, week five. And they won five in a row. They did. They were in, they've been in this playoff for like seven weeks. You know what, though? At 0-3, we should have eliminated them instead of the Texans. You're right. I was wrong. Didn't we eliminate the Texans week two? I think that was okay. week two. At 0-2, we, we should have eliminated the Vikings instead of the Texans. <laughs> If you guys want to overrule me, you can, right? You no, I'm power. listening. I, I'm, I'm go- Ryan, I'm, vote is I'm yours. Going to, I am going to vote for the team that has the worst chance to make the playoffs at this moment, and I'm going to vote for the New Orleans Saints. All right. See, I, I – all right, I got to look out. Uh, hang on. You guys talk it out for a second while I think. So this is interesting because it could – this could be the difference in us making it for the first time ever. If if you if you – um, if you, if your chances are you can win out and you still don't control your destiny, you're out. Who do the saints right? have next? Who do the saints have this week? Ryan saints play at Tampa Bay and okay. then home to the Falcons, but they can, but they can win both of those games and still not get in. That to me is a clear cut. You're out, right? If the Vikings go two and oh, they're in right. If the, the Vikings still control their destiny here, do they, do they get in? They, they do get in. If they, if they win out, and and like the Rams win and the Seahawks win, it doesn't matter. The Vikings still get in. See, hang on a minute now, because the Rams are eight and they have a winning record right now, right? The yep. Rams are eight and seven, yeah, right? If if the Seahawks win out, that's because they have. I'm playing with the Eliminator right now. Oh, if, you're right. If the, if the Seahawks win out. If the Seahawks and the, 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 the Rams win out, unless the are the Seahawks playing the Rams? Do the no, Seahawks oh, play the Rams? They do not no. play each other. Okay. The Seahawks play the Steelers. Seahawks play the Steelers, and then and then they're, they're the Cardinals. The Cardinals. Okay, I like those two wins for them. I think they so can if, get those. If they if they win out, the Vikings are out. But if they lose either of those games and they end up tied with Minnesota, Minnesota holds the tiebreaker. What does the Rams have left? Can I ask? They have the Niners, which is probably a loss. And if they lose, if they lose and they end up tied with Minnesota, Minnesota has the tiebreaker. Uh, they have, the, they are, they have. Or this week they don't have the Niners. This week they have Ryan. The what Giants. are the odds of of the Vikings winning out? I mean, I, I think it's it's fair. It's higher than we think because I think that there's a. a You're they have a better chance the Lions of, are going to sit everyone the last week. I think they will. Right. So, so that's your, your, you're assuming they've got to beat the Packers and then they'll be gifted a win the last week because the Lions don't mind playing them the following week. Ryan, give me your best guess on who starts this week for the Vikings on Sunday night football. Nick Mullins. Yes. Jeez, really? Can we talk about Hold on. Tim, you don't think they'd go to Jaron Hall? You don't think they'd go to Jaron Hall? I don't think if they feel like they still have a shot at the playoffs, they're going to start the rookie. I think they should go to Jaron Hall. To figure I, out I agree with you. Two games of what they have. But, Tim, while you think about that, Ryan, can we talk about, like, is there something to be said for the Vikings game plan this week? Right? Like, Nick Mullins threw for 400 yards. He threw four interceptions. And they ran the ball for, like, 15 yards. Yeah. Right. I. To me, that feels like a coaching issue. And I, you know, I, 
without going into all the nuance of it, right? And I don't, you know, we don't watch film. We we don't know what the Vikings game plan was, but to ask Nick Mullins to rip the ball, you know, 50 times and throw for 400 yards and have zero rushing attack feels like a mistake. Yeah, I, I agree. It feels like a mistake. I, I just, you see how they run the ball and, I mean, you go with what's most effective, right? I mean, that. But was it effective? They threw four interceptions. I mean, it's more throwing for 400 yards and giving yourself a shot. is more effective than running it for a yard and a half a carry and going three and out, you know, 1500 times. Yeah. I I just, you know, you look at the time of possession, right? They were, it was like 40 to 20 minutes. Yeah. Right. Like two to one. I mean, obviously like time of possession, I think sometimes is overrated, right? If you're scoring. But they weren't, you know, they weren't scoring in those 20 minutes. They were turning the ball over. They didn't have first downs. They struggled to run the ball. You know, I don't know. I I think I think the coaching staff is slightly rippable for it. No, I, I definitely think they're rippable. But I also, you know, you kind of see what they're looking at when you look at the running backs they have who aren't able to move the ball at all. I mean, Ty Chandler's been cute, but I don't, and and I like him more than I like Madison. But neither of them are are super explosive runners with great vision who are going to be able to exploit problems in the defense. And you you kind of have to ask the question of you know, well, shoot, can we go with either of these guys next year? Because you just you're right, you can't you can't go this way for the next five years where you're not running the ball. You've got to be able to run the ball a little bit, and it, it doesn't feel like they can run the ball at all. And I think that's that's the bigger problem. And maybe that's also where coaching is rippable is, you know, not having a guy ready there who who's able to, to tote the rock, but it just feels like they don't have anybody who's capable of filling that void right now. Do you think it's a running back issue or a court or yes. a line issue? I think it's a running back issue because the line consistently has been rated very highly on review and how they're playing and how they're blocking. Well, I think the line's pretty it, good, like in pass stuff right right but even in run blocking they're getting to the second level they're getting hands on guys they're you know they're they're moving up and the running backs are missing holes yeah right well, i mean so I, it's it just right like i think line play is interesting because right you can look at high school football and go yeah elk river line is great running the ball but would you want any of those guys on the college team that throws the ball so that that was kind of my you know like i don't, I don't know if they're rippable but Anyway, I think Tim, that you not- have a choice. You know, so I've been doing a little checklist thing here, guys, uh, so far while you've been talking, and maybe you can agree with me. So I, I've got it down to this. The head coaching advantage, I'll give to Minnesota. I think KOC is better than Dennis Allen. Yep. Um, I think Minnesota has a better wide receiver core. My Even without Hawkinson and Addison, I, I still think if you give me Jefferson, I'll, I'll take my chances. But quarterback, they've got the Carr, Winston – combination that's going to be better than ours. So I'll take Carr there, take Camara, their running back situation. I think I'll take their defense. Uh, I think I got to eliminate Minnesota. The reason why is I don't know if they're going to win Sunday night against New Orleans. I look at the injuries, Rhino. I think the injuries, you're right, because you mentioned this at the top of the podcast, and I think you're totally right. What You can help me run through this list again. So they, they're minus the quarterback. Their second quarterback, third quarterback, they're minus their running back number one. They're minus tight end one, wide receiver two. They're minus linemen, 
defensive guys were out out of the game, right? If I'm not mistaken, yep. didn't a couple guys bounce out of the game yep. Sunday you too? Lost, you lost your starting one of your starting defensive ends to, uh, to a torn quad. You've had Jordan Hicks out for weeks. He's still rusty coming back. He looked okay this week, but he's been hurt. You know your your top cornerback, your your third cornerback. Uh, you, you, they are they are missing. I think I think the number that I read was like sixty five or seventy percent of the guys that started for them in week one are out of the game. And I just think like if you're looking at just this Vikings Packers matchup, which to me all the other games don't matter. The Vikings need to win this game on Sunday. I'd take the quarterback for Green Bay better. I'll take the running back situation for Green Bay. Uh, I mean, yes, they have Jefferson, but I think I would take collectively the Dobbs, Watson. Uh, Is Addison going to play? Because if I don't know if if Addison doesn't play, I can't I can't give Minnesota the edge there. Addison is questionable, but uh, the points the signs point to him probably playing. Okay, so I would give Minnesota the edge. Jair lock up Jefferson last year. What'd you say? We saw Jair lock up Jefferson last year at the end. (laughs) Ryan just gives you the most. See, this is where we lose a little bit with my camera not working tonight. Because- yeah, because Ryan just Ryan will not give it to you. I'll tell you that is we got to get that camera fixed so that you guys can stare each other down during these conversations. So that would be. <laughs> but I think if I look at it all, uh, I mean, I don't head coaching who's got the advantage. I'll take the defense of the defense of Minnesota over Green Bay's defense because um, I think you could fire Joe Barry into the sun right now, uh, but. I, I think this is close. I think I'm going to go Minnesota. I'm going to eliminate Minnesota here because the Saints are, to me, they're still too locked into this cha- to to this uh, division hunt. They could get in on the four seed. So, I mean, I think there's still two ways in for New Orleans versus I think there's one way in for Minnesota, and it all starts with this week. And I don't know if they can win this week. I just, I just want to throw this out there too. Like, I think that the... Like, I, I don't know if I would take the Vikings to win this weekend, right? And then we're counting on the Lions to lay down a little bit, but that doesn't feel like the Lions, right? Does Dan Campbell feel like the guy who's going to lay down in week 17 or week 18 for a playoff matchup? And I think he'd like to eliminate a division foe. I think there's something about that for him. I think he'd like to do that. Like, I think he would do it say? even if it – he, you know, he would cut off his nose despite his own face. I get the vibe you would do that. Yeah. I agree with that. He might do it just because it makes him seem crazy. <laughs> he might do it because it's good there. locker room fodder. Guys, this is how dedicated I am to this game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jesus, Dan. <laughs> Back off. Somebody get him an ATV. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's do let's do a power ranking. Uh, this week, every week, as you know, we name our top five teams. Uh, can we all just agree that Baltimore is number one? Can we just start there? Yep, absolutely. Can we agree that San Francisco is number two? That's correct. Zach, are you there for uh, number two? Yes, yes, I'll, okay. I'll concede that. All right, very good. So those are the top two. Who's number three for you right now? Uh, I'm going to give the Eagles the benefit of the doubt here. I know they haven't looked great over the past few weeks, um, but just in really looking at the schedule they've played and the teams they've beat. And I mean, they've, they've got some impressive wins. They do on their schedule. I, I would, I would argue that they might have the most impressive wins, right? If you look at it, they've beat the dolphins, they beat the Cowboys, they beat the chiefs, they beat the bills. Um, I feel like nobody has that resume of wins. 
Um, for the most part, their losses are to really good teams. Their only questionable losses to the Jets. So I've got them at three. You don't think right. the Seahawks are a questionable loss? Uh, I mean, the Seahawks are a playoff team right now. Right? And they're in Seattle. It's it's not the best loss. But I think that there are other losses for other teams that are worse. Sure. Okay. You're, you're three, Ryan? Uh. I've been going back and forth on this on my three. Zach makes a good case for Philadelphia, but I, I think my three uh, this week is is the Miami Dolphins. It's my uh, three as you, well. You you finally beat a good team. Um, you, you prove that you can do it. You prove that you can hang. Um, now, you're going to have two more weeks to continue to prove this, so you're not going to win your division if the, if the Bills keep playing the way they're playing. Um, and you already lost to Buffalo earlier in the year. Uh, so you you got to win that game at, at the end of the season, but you got to beat Baltimore before then. Uh, if they can beat Baltimore, there's a shot. I mean, there's a pretty good chance they're my number one next week uh, with how well they've played. So I'm I'm gonna get stick with Miami at three and give them the shot to get number one next week. Yeah, I got Miami at three as well, and I got Philly at four. So that will will make that work uh, pretty easily there. I I think that if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that with all the quarterback injuries, the two guys who'd be upright at the end would be Stafford and Tua, I'd be yeah, I would have probably lost money there because I would have been like, there's no way that those two guys are going to stay in the lineup and play here in week seventeen. But but here they are. Well, Give Tua credit. You know, he's a little portion of the year, didn't he? Yeah, Stafford did miss some games in the middle. They Brett they yeah the Packers got the gift Brett Rippin game. Uh, you know, there with over the that went over the Rams, but you're right. Yeah, you're right. Stafford did miss time, but Tua's played every game and has been really, really good. You know, so I can't complain too much. That drive at the end to win the game against Dallas, very impressive. Yeah, you were um, ready to retire Tua. I was ready to retire Tua. I was too. I, I was scared to death of. I'm scared to death of the kid. I was worried. He one more hit to the squash, and I, I have Miami you know, at four. You have Miami at four, so we yep. just flip flop those. Yep. I'll I'll, I'll flip flop and put Philadelphia at five, but I'm going to put Dallas at four. Wow, Dallas at four. I still that Dallas is still a really good team. I wish they could win on the road, but they're dangerous. They beat Philadelphia. That's a that's a tough team to beat. Uh, and I mean, there's we they've still got a shot down the stretch here of of winning the division. You know, if if they can win out and and Philadelphia drops one, I don't think Philadelphia will drop one, but they still have a shot to win it, right? So it's, I don't know if they if they get a home playoff game, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a win for them. I, I just think they're a really good team. Uh, who who needs? They're, to they're not it out. gonna get a home playoff game though. Philly's schedule. Philly's got Arizona and the Giants. Oh, do they? I didn't realize they had Arizona this week. I thought they yeah. had a tougher game this week. They have Arizona and then the Giants again. All right. Well, then so, you know. It's still fine. I still think Dallas is better than. No, Philly, I agree. But. I agree. I do think. I do think Dallas is better, probably, than Philly on a neutral field and stuff. But, um, that's just not the way it's going to shake out. You know the way it's come down here. So I, I have Dallas at five. Um, they're good. Um, I still wouldn't want to play them in the first round, even if I was at home, right? But I think that uh, Philly gets a nod ahead of them right now. So. Dallas is my fifth. I, I have Cleveland still at five for like the third week in a row because they just keep winning. I can't put Dallas there because Dallas, unless they're at home, can't win a game and they don't win a lot of ugly games. Like they don't grind. Like that win against Miami this Sunday would have been a good grinded out road win. I would have given them all the credit in the world for that. But they haven't proven they can win those. They can win the track meets at home. You haven't proven you can win anywhere else. And until that happens, um, I I gotta I I'm gonna stay with the team that plays defense. 
uh, and Cleveland can play defense. And, you know, in the playoffs, defense travels. They can play anywhere with that defense. Think about the opening round. If they make the playoffs and the current seating is what it is, they would get Jacksonville in round one. You got to put Cleveland as a favorite over Jacksonville, wouldn't you? Um, they they just look like a team that would be really tough to deal with in these playoffs if they continue to play the. Play okay, but if the seedings held on the other side, right? You've got Dallas going to Tampa. Would you take Tampa over Dallas? The problem is I can't guarantee Dallas beats Tampa though at Tampa. I can't guarantee that. Well, I don't think Tampa's can, played I don't well think lately. You can guarantee that Cleveland wins in Jacksonville. See, I don't think Jacksonville has proven anything. Like, I don't know if Jacksonville's good. They're eight and seven, but like Trevor Lawrence is like the twentieth best quarterback in the league right now. Like, he's not he's not very good. He hasn't had a good year. Like, do you, would you trust them in a big spot? I, not would you rather have Joe Flacco or, or the, Trevor Lawrence? But the flip side of that is, would you tra- trust Tampa Bay in a big spot? That's fair. I mean, it's Baker Mayfield versus Dak, but yeah, yeah. It's a, I mean, it's fair. It's a fair question. I guess part of me would rather take the team with the stronger defense that can Baker play on. Going to start next year in Tampa? That's a great question. Probably. Boy, that's it's yeah, a great question on Baker Mayfield. They gotta they gotta think about that one. I think they gotta think about Trevor Lawrence a little bit in Jacksonville. I'd be concerned. No, uh, I, I think just give me. him another year. He's been a little beat up. He had a good year last year. Um, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I'm not ready to cut him, but I'm just saying like the breakthrough, I think we were all thinking this would be the breakthrough year and it hasn't happened yet. That's all. All right, there's our power rankings. Uh, time for some dad talk in this extended NFL recap pod. Uh, dad talk, of course, uh, brought to you by no one. So thank you for all the great sponsors of dad talk. But I mean, dad talk is one of our more popular segments. There's no question about that. Uh, guys, I'm sure dad talk, dad time was very, uh, very festive for you over the last weekend. A lot of kids stuff, Christmas stuff. This has to be a fun time for you. Uh, fire away with your dad talk stories. Oh man. Christmas is a nightmare. Some years <laughs> it's, it's long and it's a slog. It'll be easier next year when he can talk a little bit and, and he'll understand when we tell him no. Uh, but chasing him around relatives' houses is not my idea of a fun holiday. He kept you busy, did he? Yeah, we were both sweating. More and more than me, but we were sweating. <laughs> my, my The problem is, is that my general philosophy is, unless he's scream crying, I'm not going to chase him around. I'm just going to kind of let him do his thing. Uh, Lauren's a little more hands-on than I am, and you know, it is what it is. She, you know, Whatever keeps her comfortable, I'm fine with. But uh, the real the thing for us this year was at my in my my parents' house this year. We were playing a prank on my parents uh, all Christmas, um, but they didn't find out until about the end of the night. Where we were hiding these tiny little plastic ducks all around their house, mm. uh, and they're in the middle of a renovation right now. So we're just like we're just like sticking ducks in places. And about halfway through the day, they found one. And then they found another and they blamed my brother. <laughs> and the, the idea is that, you know, if, if we start with 25 ducks, you get a point deducted for everyone that gets found. And uh, not all of them were my brother's ducks. They just blame mm. Jake. They just blame Jake. And uh, dad says, this seems like it would be a thing that Jake would do. And at the end of the night, they're asking us like, did you do this? Did you do this? Jake says it wasn't him. And we're all like, 
wasn't me, man. I don't, I don't know who did this. And Ducks, who's we, got time for that in this economy? So my, I mean, my, kid, uh, my kid would just stuff him in his mouth, and that would be the end of it. We would, you know, we'd be at the hospital right now. I can't have this in my house. And, uh, you know, at the end of the night, we pulled, called everybody in the living room and said, "All right, so here's the game. We've all hidden ducks all around your house. You have to find them." Uh, so we got the picture back from my dad today of the bowl of ducks that he's found so far. He says, "Pretty good start," and he doesn't know that there's like 200 ducks in his house. <laughs> So I, I told Caitlin about this and she is an adamant dad talk listener and she wants to know how you hid the one in the doorbell. Uh, so my, like I said, my parents are in the middle of a renovation right now and they have a traditional doorbell that if you, if you push the button, it, it hits an actual bell. Um, so oh it's, a bo- it's, it's a box inside the house, Yep. but the box is not on the, on the doorbell right now. So it's just exposed doorbell. So I took a duck and placed it in the doorbell and that box, when it go, when their renovation crew comes back this week and puts the box back on the doorbell, that duck will remain in the doorbell uh, unless they remove it. Do, do you uh, know also, that if it's been found or not? It has not been found. Uh, I know that it's not been found. Well, I mean, your dad uh, has a stack of them. Do you? Yeah. No, I know that that's not one that's been found. I know he found the one on the, on the entryway light that I hid. Uh, I also hid one between the floor and the top of the stairs coming up from the basement. Uh, I hid one under the, or between the, the carbon monoxide detector and the ceiling in the basement. I went into their brand new bathroom and I hid one in an electrical outlet that hasn't been closed up yet. Are you uh, sure? I see. He, what if he listens to this pod? He doesn't. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> this will uh, be the first time he listens. I hid, son of a bitch. I hid one in the vent in their bathroom. It's just poking out a little bit. Uh, the best one is there's a crack between the brick and the wood in their sunroom. And I stuck a duck in the, in that crack. Uh, they won't be, there's no way he'll ever find it. My dad is so busy with his kids at home that he'll never see it. But the, the I, rule was, the rule was you got to keep it out of reach of kids. Cause we don't want kids putting them in their mouth or something, but uh, everything's out of reach. You just got to hide them and see if mom and dad can find them. Yeah. Pre COVID I had a kid in the TV studio, bring like 300 of these little babies and just hide them all over the television studio. And for like two years straight, every trimester, some kid would stumble upon one of these babies and like, what do you do? I'm like, what happened here? And I'm like, Kennedy, uh, you know, I know who, and it was, it drove me nuts. Cause it like, we couldn't find all of them. We tried. And in fact, I think, I still think occasionally they find one and they bring it to me. And um, those bastards. When, when I worked at the preschool center and then put in my two week notice, we had just gotten new um, business cards that had shipped in. So I think yeah. I spent those two weeks hiding, you know, a thousand business cards of mine around the center. <laughs> I'm sure that had to have been pleasant. Just them digging every once in a God damn Zach. Every time they opened a file, there was my business card. Something yeah. to remember you by. See yeah. a legacy. You gotta like that. How was Christmas time for you with the two with the youngins? Uh Christmas is great. Um, you know, it's nice having Brooke back. Uh she's been here a couple nights and with her mom and with her boyfriend and kinda all over and um that's been good. We did uh Saturday at my aunt and uncle's, um, Sunday at my parents, and then Monday we went to Caitlin's parents. Um, and my two older ones went to their mom. Um, 
you know, it's fun, right? When you have a three and a four year old, like the magic of Christmas is still there. Mm. Um, they're super excited, and not that not that my older ones are not into it because they are. Um, but right when you're when you have a three and a four year old, every present is the greatest present ever. It's true, right? You know, I mean, I I think Gehrig pretty much opened up every present and said, "Oh my god." He was like, it's a matchbox car, you know, like, and he was pumped. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it was fun. Um, we, we ate well. Uh, it's, it's always good. Right. And we're, and we're not working, right. It's nice to have the week and a half off. It is. No, it's, it's great to have a little time, uh, to hang out. Uh, it's obviously just a lot quieter on my front. Uh, you know, we went out to her parents or her parents' uh, festivities on her side of the family. Mine, my mom got uh, ill, so we're going to try it this week. But it was just very quiet. It was a very chill. It's been a very chill holiday for us. I mean, it used to be such a hustle and bustle holiday. I remember that for years and years and years. It was like, we got to be here at this time. We got to be here at this time. And, you know, gifts and there's this and there's that. And this year, it just kind of felt like, kind of ho-hum like we just sort of plowed through it and it was very quiet and i think this is where the absence of me not having a you a youngin like you guys is the issue here right because it was just a quiet house saturday night well i I think it it also not a not a noise could be had if if you have right like like my house right my older two kids have to go and spend time with their mom um, right. If you have that split holiday where you're trying to accommodate three or four different things, um, it can be a lot, you know, um, but we've kind of we've kind of worked out a good system. Like we get together with my dad's side of the family. Uh, we did that on Saturday. Right. And we were all there. You know, my mom, dad and my cousins and brother and all the little kids. And it was fun. We, we didn't do any sort of gifts. We just played games. Um you know, then Sunday we went to my parents on Christmas Eve. Um, Monday at Caitlin's parents was was good. You know, we were over there for a while. Um, there was an unbelievable amount of food. And then today we got to enjoy the uh, the alumni hockey game for uh, the Blaine girls team. So I got the nice. little kids ready, and we went and watched mom play um, with the alumni and. You know, I'll, I'll tell you this, like, right, we, we talked at the start, right? I'm not a hockey guy. That's true. But, right, they play a 17-minute period, um, and there were no whistles, right? If if the if the goalie saved a shot, right, and gloved it, she would just toss it out the back. And there were no, uh, right, the offsides was kind of, you know, <laughs> we were sitting on the line. There was one where, like, the puck got cleared, but someone, you know, brought it back in from two, three inches out and just kept playing. And like, if you could find a way to not have so many whistles in hockey, that might help a little bit. I did feel that way when I called my five hockey games two weeks ago. Yeah. I felt that way. I felt like, man, we could go without a few of these whistles, but a lot of offsides, a lot yeah. of, a lot of icing. Okay. I don't know. Could you, could you make the, the blue line twice as big? Would that help some of the offsides, Ryan? Uh, I don't know if it would help, but it's because there they there's so many passes that happen at the blue line to reset the defense. I think that you're probably you're probably just it's all it's always going to be a timing thing. They're always going to be pushing that envelope. 
Right, but even uh, those ones that like right when you try to clear it, right, there's you get another foot of keeping it in the zone or whatever. I don't know. It just <clears throat> I get it. They're not they're not catering to me. Right? I'm not asking them to cater to me because I feel like that's what baseball's done and it's taking something away. Can you uh, imagine though if they still had the two line pass rule like they used to in the NHL? Oh yeah. You couldn't make a two line pass that horrible. Oh my god, it'd be horrible. It'd be unwatchable. Be unwatchable, I tell you. No, so that was um, fun. We went and watched, um, you know, and the kids had fun. They waved to mom. Uh, it was it was funny because because we talked about going to hockey, and when we got there, Garrick was like, "Mom's playing," because mom is coach for a long time, right? And they, they yeah. played the alumni game last year, but he didn't remember it or whatever. And he's like, "Mom, mom's playing." I'm like, "Yeah, they're you know, mom's number three. And so they had fun. They they watched and they played with their toys and the bleachers, and it's a good way to kill some time on a. More important goal. question: Did mom score a goal? Mom did not. Mom plays defense, mm. um, and you know the alumni. I don't. I don't know what the final score ended up be, but the current players tend to have a little more stamina and uh, and tend to win that game. I would say this would be a time where you'd want to like just maybe throw a little check into some of the young kids. Like the if I was one of the vets, I'd be like, you know, this is a good time to throw a little shoulder into somebody. Let them know who's there. Let them let them know what's up. Surprised that didn't get heated. You know, hockey gets heated. I'm surprised it didn't. But uh, hey, good on Caitlin. Way to get out there and go play. I tip my cap to her. Yeah, and it was fun. I think you know their former head coach was there. Um, he retired after the end of last year, but he came down and sat on the bench with the alumni. You know, and that and that's part of the problem too, right? The alumni have, you know, eight, nine, ten people there where you're going against the high school team that's got twenty two kids. Yeah, they should be able to go out and get some ringers. Yeah. Well, I think I think they had a couple of uh like the assistant coaches' kids mm. um to help. But right, you're they're not they're not necessarily good, right? They're ten, fifteen years old, whatever, but they're taking a shift at least. Yeah, that <laughs> good on, uh, I, I would say still good on Caitlin. Way to get out there and go play. I, that's that's pretty gutsy stuff. I love it. If they had an alumni speech tournament, that would be swell. I would, that would fucking. When, when I helped, <laughs> I helped at Coon Rapids um, coaching girls basketball for a year when they had uh, yeah. some late drama or whatever, and they had an alumni game. And I talked my mom into coming. Oh, right. And so my, my mom played on the state championship team in 81. Right. So, the, you know, my mom's probably. What, 45 at the time of this game, mm-hmm. maybe 50. And she was like, you know, these kids don't want a piece of this. Well, the, the here here's the funny thing. Right. So they're warming up and she comes over to me and my mom's like. Why is the ball so small? <laughs> because they didn't have a women's basketball back then. That's true. Yeah, right? they were playing with the real ball. Yeah, yeah. they all played with the with the men's size ball. Yeah. And then she asked me another question too. I can't remember whatever what it was, but I'm like, well, no, I'm like, mom, like this is right. This is the rule. What is this three game. point line? When did they put yeah. this in? I. <laughs> so, um, and and everyone. I remember else, when they invented the gem shot. Everyone else on the alumni team was right. In college still. Yeah. Right. So the alumni team is all 18 to 22. And then my mom, who's, 
45, 50 at the time. And they should have done something special for your mom though, for even being there. Oh, Big state championship thing. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, Tim. Man, like the second or third possession down the floor, she caught the ball at the free throw line and turned around and fired, and it went in. And she was like, I'm done. Like, <laughs> wait, wait. She put the alumni up four to two, and she's like, yep, I showed these young kids how it's done. <laughs> um, and that and that was the thing. Like she was like, Willis Reed. Well, That's I mean, awful. I think she was in the mode of like, I am going to score in this game. Right? Like absolutely I, I am not gonna be afraid. I'm gonna fire as many times as I have to. And she hit the first one and was like, Yep, this is easy. And and then she probably played about four or five minutes the rest of the game. But it, it was fun, right? I mean, and that is something that is um right. There there's something about like coaching at a school where you went to and both your parents went to and right there's an attachment to all that stuff and it's also i think cool for the young kids like your kids to see mom play like right because i think that's the thing about like that's the thing about sports in general is i i just think that you didn't you don't get to see a lot of i mean there's a lot more accessibility for women's college sports and women's pro sports and things like that now yes that's true but so many like athletes are done after high school and if they go on and have kids and they have families and they don't coach or they don't go on and play you don't get to see that like so it's got to be pretty cool i would think it buys a little cred with uh, caitlin to see the kids go and see her play and same thing for you to see your mom play and i mean i think there's something to be said for that i'm i'm all for it i i I encourage every mom who played sports to go continue to do that. well and we're we're super competitive in our family and part Mm -hmm. of that's for my mom um, I mean, she used to tell us when we'd leave, right? My dad was coaching and I was playing. She'd tell us, like, don't come home unless you win. <laughs> and, um, and and that competitiveness, like, goes over into everything. But, uh, like, yeah, I, you know, we, we would bring it up, right? We would do – we always kind of had, like, a a school trivia day in our back pocket, right? If you're in the early spring and you get weather and you have different stuff. And I always, I was, I would always tell people, I'm like, hey, like my whole family went to this school, and one of us has won a state championship. Who is it? Right? And immediately everyone goes, well, you know, you did, or your dad did, or your brother. It's like, nope, mom was the winner, right? Mom was the one who was on the state championship team. It's, it's a, it's great stuff. I love it. That's a great story. Uh, and. Uh, I think that's a good way to talk dad talk tonight guys that was good we did kind of an ode to mom on dad talk this will be, be a well-received dad talk i think i think caitlin will like it i think everybody that listens to the program will appreciate our dad talk this totally evening. undoes the boobs conversation yeah totally <laughs> yeah just you know cut that piece of the podcast out uh but 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 keep it right here i think it was a make good we did it tonight what should we title this? It almost should be the NFL recap and boobs uh, and boob talk. I don't know how we do it tonight, but it'll it'll be great. Gentlemen, we did an hour 38 tonight. This was really um, an intense uh, pod. We covered a lot of ground. Uh, always good to see you. I'm glad you guys had great holidays. Uh, now you get to rest up a little bit and enjoy yourselves. Uh, big full week here at the podcast, just to let you know on a way out. Obviously, we're going to have a new voice in the pod with Allison joining us. Uh, we'll introduce you to her later this week. You'll have an opportunity to hear her voice. She's a movie expert, a film student at Binghamton. Now she's back in town, obviously, does writing, writes on stuff, and, crit- and critiques film. Going to talk movies with us. She wrote an article based on our podcast, Rhino, about what? movie length. 
Because I'd been making the decree that all movies are way too long and they need to cut them back and all that stuff. She is on my side, and we're going to talk about that tomorrow. 100%. Uh, also, Peak Cinema. Peak Cinema this week. Ryan picked the movie. I just watched it the other night for the first time. We're doing Game Night. Jason Bateman. Uh, Rachel McAdams. Um, delightful. I don't even uh, we'll know what that is. What is that? Rachel McAdams? No, I've never heard of that movie. Game Night, I, I just saw it for the first time. This was new to me. You know, it, it's a good movie by today's standards. I think 25 years ago, it would have just been another movie. Uh, but because they don't make comedies anymore, I think it's pretty damn good. Or it's decent. Um, we'll talk about that one on Peak Cinema. Uh, that was Ryan's pick this week, uh, which will be really, really good. We'll get into that. Also, Ty will join us for the Pickapalooza pod uh, later on this week. So we got a lot of content coming to the pod to end. It's been one of our best months we've ever had at the podcast. December was really good for listenership. Really appreciate you. Uh, our Festivus pod was well listened to last week. I want to thank you again for doing that. Uh, I really do appreciate the support we are getting here at the podcast. So thank you to Ryan, to Zach, and on behalf of everybody else here that chimes in and offers up a voice. We really do appreciate it. Until next time, for Ryan, for Zach, this is Tim saying keep your head up. We'll see you.